Great. So, um, last message for our movie series, and uh, uh, last week we, we preached on Moana and, and living a, 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 the Greek word was peresios life, meaning a high life, a superior life, a life without limits, Ephesians 3.20 and John 10.10. 10. God comes and Jesus comes and says, um, the, de- the devil is going to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you may have life and life in full. And, and, and in abundance, and that word we said was, was uh, precious, but although we serve a God without limits, we limit God through our thoughts and our words and, and our thinking, and, uh, and we need to live a limitless life. We need, and, and I really want to continue on, on that theme through, through this movie of the secret life of Walter Smitty. Just by show of hands, it was in 2013, I believe, who, who saw, who, who did see this movie? What a great movie. If, if you haven't seen this movie, an incredible movie because I think it portrays a lot of who we are and a lot what is happening in our own lives. So if you haven't seen this movie, The Secret Life of Walter's Mitty is, is about Walter who's living an incredible life in his head. But he's too scared to take the risk of living it out there and in the real world. He's, he's a day dreamer. And that brings me to my title about being a day dreamer, the secret life of Walter Mitty, the day dreamer. And I wonder how many of us is still day dreaming. So a little bit of inside info, just that you know, I don't have a gallbladder, but second thing that I most of the times used to do, until this movie actually just kind of challenged me not to do it anymore, but, but to take action on it. I used to daydream a lot. I mean a lot. I'm driving in the car on the R101 in South Africa, and my wife would start to stare at me. And you know that feeling that you get someone is staring at you? It's a feeling that you get and suddenly you, you start looking around. Who's staring? Oh, oh, it's you. Why are you staring at me? And, and always, she, she always catches me out because my mouth goes like this, but I'm not talking to her or anybody else. I'm talking to myself and I'm daydreaming in the car and building these castles. And, and, and I mean, I have, normally I have board meetings with myself because of all this personalities going on in here. It's quite fascinating because you have Zalvin the pastor and you have Zalvin the dad and you have Zalvin who, who runs businesses and then you have Zalvin who, who tries to figure out life and be a great husband. And all of these personalities normally come together and they just talk to each other and they are daydreaming. And normally Mika goes, are you daydreaming again? I'm like, yes, did I move my mouth? Yes, that's what you did. And she catches me out, daydreaming. Living a life that is not real and does not exist, but it exists in our head. I wonder how many of us lives a life that exists in our head. We, 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 we dream about that business, and have, have you figured it out yet? And then we spend the money we haven't even earned yet. We already know what we're going to pay and buy and, and all of those things, living this dream in our head. But there's a God out there who's our God. Hey, church, who's the dream giver and he's dreaming about us. And hear what his, his word is saying in Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says the following, and it's, 
It's, it's such a beautiful verse. It's an incredible verse. But if we unpack this verse because it's fully loaded, we will be here all night. But I just want to read it to you. For we are his workmanship. There's a specific Greek word that is used here. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. What a verse. A God who we are his workmanship. So let's just stop at that work. We are his workmanship. That word that's used there is the Greek word poemia. Poemia, meaning literally the, the, the root word of writing a poem. So, so just think about the, the, this verse in, 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 in all that it is. And it's so loaded. It's so heavy. We are God's poem. I mean, the creator of universe, the, the creator that is so creative that, that there's light and uh, let there be light and there was light. He, he created us. He's so, I mean, the creativity that, that flows through him to create trees and rivers and, and fishes and, and, and animals and, and our whole body. And, and he's telling us in his word, hey, but listen. We are his workmanship, meaning we are his poem, meaning he's writing about us. Our life dream, he has written it. We can just stop there and say, oh, thank you, God. The creator has written my life story. The only problem is that we don't normally go and live that story. The story is playing out in our heads. We just too scared to take the leap. We're too scared. He says, for we are his workmanship, his own master work, a work of art. Me and you, our life story. I know your life may be in a situation where, where it doesn't feel this way. But have you given over everything for him? Have you, have you surrendered every part of your life so that your life can become the story again that he has written over your life? Or are you holding on, still holding on, still trying to figure out, trying to do things in your own strength? A second Greek word that is used here is, is in that area, so that we would walk in them. Th that word walk, the, the Greek is peripatesosimen. But there's, there, there's an easier word than that. So don't, don't ask me how to spell it. It's Greek for me as well. But... Uh, Here's the, the, another Greek word that's, that's used there. It's the word peripafio. Peripafio. It's, it sounds like the Powerpuff Girls, but it's not. It's peripafio, meaning when, when God says, first off, he says, you are his poem. He's writing. He's dreaming about you. He, he, he's writing an, a poem of your life. And then he says, it's made ready for us so that we would walk 
in them. That word walk in them means in the Greek peripathio. It means to live it up. Meaning we, we, need to, we need to take our things and we need to start walking in the life that God has prepared for us. Our, our, our only problem, church, is we're still standing here and we're standing still and we are like Walter Mitty. We are daydreaming about the dreams that God has given us in our lives. We are very passive. And what's our next step? What we need to do. Here's, here's a little side note, especially for the young adults in the house and the dreamers. And this is how, to, how we get goals to work in our lives. It, it has nothing to do with the sermon, but it's too good to leave it out. So if, if you're taking notes or just watch it again on Facebook, when it comes to goals and reaching your goals in this life, be specific. Write it down, but be specific. Don't go, oh, I want to be debt free in five years. That is not specific. That's dreaming. Meaning specific is I want to save or pay off my debt $150 a week. Be specific once you set that goals. How do I reach my goals? Be specific. The difference between saying I want to pay it off or I want to pay $150 a week off. There's a huge difference there about being specific on reaching your goals. Goals also need to be measurable. Give yourselves that steps uh, to, to help you to see that, that your dreams come true. It needs to be measurable. You need to be able to measure those dreams. Is it weekly or monthly? There should be a time limit on your goal. Time gives you a goal or a target you can aim for and it helps us to see if there's progression in your life. You need a goal and you need to put a time on. When are you starting that business, church? Hello? Well, you're still daydreaming about it. When are you starting that ministry that you dream about? When? What's the time? We, we need to be specific. We need to measure it and we need to put a time on it. Uh, must, your, it, it sorry, it must be your goal as well. As well. Not, it mustn't be your wife's goal or your friend's goal. It must be yours. And that's, that's just a little bit of a side note. We, we have to write them down. Otherwise, it's just going to be a dream always. Set the goals. What is the dream that God has given you? He's the dream giver, church. He's the poem writer. What's your poem about? If I ask you, what do you where do you see yourself in five years? Can you answer me in three or less minutes? Will you be able? Are you still dreaming the dream that God has set in your heart, that he dreams about you? Walter Mitty, and I think our problem is the same as Walter Mitty's. He is constantly living in his head. I think most of us is constantly living in our head. Let's watch the first clip. Walter has zoned out for a minute. And I wonder how many of us is zoning out for a minute in, in living a great life here somewhere in the cloud, but not actually taking action steps of start to living that life here on earth, the life that God has given you to live, the poem that he's writing and keeps on writing 
about your life. And, and here's the thing, there's, there's nothing wrong with dreaming. There's nothing wrong with dreaming. But I think it becomes a bit of an issue once you're living an incredible life in your head and not on this earth. And it's too easy to live this incredible life in our head and not fully living in reality. And what God has given us here on this earth. And I love this movie actually because Walter Mary reminds us that we should not get caught up in our dreams, but live out the reality of this life and what God has given us to live and start acting on it. The question is, how do we act on it? So I wonder, how, do we, how do we stop dreaming and start acting on it? And acting on the dreams and, and the visions that he, he gave us so that that can become a reality. I want to give you a couple of points on, on to how to stop daydreaming and start living. So number one, number one is get out of your comfort zone. You need to get out of your comfort zone. See, sometimes we, we find ourselves in this little bubble and, and in our own tents and, and that is where we live. And, and we're comfortable there because we don't want to step out of the tents. We don't want to get out and, and get out of the boats and, and get out of places because we are comfortable where we are. And church, it's, it's comfortable here. But we need, as a church, we also need to start stepping out and, and making an, a difference in our communities and further and reaching out and reaching more people that's lost. It's, it's not easy and it's not comfortable, but we can't always have comfortable. We need to take that step and get out of our comfort zone. Abraham was lying in his tent when, when the Lord began to speak to him. It's interesting what the Lord is telling him in Genesis 15 verse 1. He says the following, after these, after, after these, sorry, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Abram is literally lying in his tent. And the Lord is starting to speak to him and, and he's, he's having this conversation with the Lord. Yeah, but Lord, I, I don't have any kids and, and Lord, what about this? And, and he has this conversation about, about all the difficult stuff that's out there and he's very comfortable where he is. And the Lord answers him in, in verse 5 and he brought him outside and said, look towards heaven, the heavens and number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. God is coming with a promise to, to Abraham and saying, if you, if you would just step out of your tent and get out of your comfort zone and, and you're focusing on all the negative stuff, just start getting out of it. Look at the stars and, and start acting on the poem that I'm writing about your life. Can you see the stars? That will, that's your offspring if you can count them. There's no way he could count them. But he, he, he had to get out of his tent, church, to see the stars and the promise that God had for him. Meaning he, he had to get out of his comfort zone. And, and we need to get out of our comfort zone. Sometimes it's not going to be easy. 
I wonder how many people are sitting here in corporate offices and you're dreaming about just starting a prayer movement within your own corporate office. But it's not politically correct. It's not the way we do things because we are educated. Sometimes that urge of, Lord, can I start something here? We just need to get out and say, I'm going to find those Christians in my office and I'm going to invite them to a 15 minutes or a 10 minutes prayer event. We're going to pray for our, for our company. We're going to pray for the next leaders. We're going to pray. I want to encourage you. Step out of that comfort zone. Matthew 17, 20 said, he said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. It's amazing what little faith can do. What little bit of faith can do. Psalm 23 probably the most popular psalm there is. Verse six says the following, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I think we, we misread sometimes a word. It says, surely it shall follow me. For something to follow you, church, you have to start moving. If I'm not moving, nothing can follow me. But if I start moving in the directions into the dreams that God has for me, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. If I start to get out of my comfort zone and taking the risk and taking a leap of faith, surely goodness shall follow me. Surely mercy shall follow me. We need to get out of our comfort zone and start moving, church. We, we need to start moving and, and, and just trust God for the impossible. Secondly, secondly, is we have to have courage. It's going to take courage to live out your dream, church. It's going to take courage to get out of your head and this amazing life that you have in your head and start creating the amazing life that God has prepared for you in advance. It's going to take courage. It's not going to come easy, and, and it's, it's not going to come quickly. And, and that's the problem of this life that we're currently living. We live in an instant life. I mean, we have microwaves for everything. Everything is in the microwave. You foods in the microwave, quick. We have Instagram. It's quick. We, everything is Insta. And, and, and we want results just like this. We are an instant generation church, but we serve a crockpot God. Church God is awesomely slow, but he's never too late. But we have to take the courage and start stepping out. Life is about, and Winston Churchill said the following, life is about courage and going into the unknown. And I love the story about Walter's Mitty because he was dreaming and, and having this incredible life until one day he took a step of courage. He started to convert that dream into a step, into a jump, into I'm not going to live it in my head anymore, but I'm going to actually do it. And in this part of the clip, that is where his life transformed into the part where that became his reality. Let's watch this clip. 
See, that was the moment when he had the courage to jump in to the helicopter. The, the scene that precedes that scene is him meeting the helicopter pilot who was drunk at that stage. I mean, it's, it's, if you think about it, it's, it's not, a, not a great pilot to trust at that moment, but he, he, he came to realize that that was his only way of finding this photo that he was after for his work. And if he didn't jump into that, if he didn't have the courage to jump into that helicopter, he would probably have missed the whole opportunity to meet the photographer who took the picture that he was after. But he had to take a leap. He had to have the courage inside of him. It take, church, it takes courage to take a chance. It takes courage to take that chance in life. And it doesn't come always because sometimes that chopper is going to fly away and you've missed it because you haven't taken the chance. You did not have the courage. And 2 Timothy 7 verse 1 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. Meaning we don't have to live this life in fear that it's not going to work out. And sometimes we don't take the leap because what if it's not working out? I normally, I personally live by, by the saying, if, 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 if I'm going to fail, at least I'm going to fail spectacularly. But I'm not leaving things, I'm going to take every chance. No one encourage you tonight to take every chance. And, and here's the thing about encouragement and inspiration. We, we all, for me, it's probably easy to inspire you. I mean, I can just, preach a little bit louder and scream a little bit more and, and get the goosebumps going and, and, and you're going to probably say, oh, the Holy Spirit is here, but it's just that South African guy that's screaming a bit and giving you goosebumps and, and you're, you're inspired. I mean, it's easy to inspire you to take the next step. But if you have inspiration without any implementation, there's no vision. It's only a daydream. You need to implement you need to take the next step. You need to jump into the helicopter. It, it can't just be me inspiring you going home after church and then tomorrow back to square one. Oh, it's, 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 it's too hard. We need to take courage. It takes courage, church, to live out a dream. It doesn't come easy. It takes courage to live out a dream. Second Thessalonians 3.3. 3. But the Lord is, hey church, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Church, God is faithful. And when we are faithful, we get to see his faithfulness. But we have to take courage. You don't have to wait for inspiration, church, to strike. But you have to strike to awaken the inspiration. God is writing about you and he's saying you're his workmanship, his poem. What is he writing about you? What is that dream in your head that he's writing currently that you know is a God-given dream? But you're holding back because courage is maybe lacking or the comfort zone is, is too comfortable. Third step that we need to do is 
you need to know this. You already have what you need. Hey, I need to say this to someone. You don't need more money. You don't need a better car before you start the business. You don't need that. You already have what you need. 1 John 4, 4, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I mean, the living God is living inside of us. What more do we need? I have a verse that my mom used to scare me with. I'm not sure if that's the right term in English, but. And it's, it's a controversial tattoo uh, topic is tattoos. Controversial, especially in our family, because my brothers, they just went and get it, got it. And, and she, she always threw me with a verse. I was scared of this verse. I was really scared about this verse because she, she, she made it about this one thing. And it's this verse, it's 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? It's an interesting verse because I was scared of that verse not, not getting any piercing, not getting any tattoos, because my mom was giving me a fright with that verse all the time. Don't you know? You're a temple. Don't you dare... I'm like, I'm not daring anything, mom. I mean, I, I'm not sure who I was afraid, more afraid of, my mom or God himself. Probably my mom. But in any case, but growing spiritually mature and growing up and, and reading this verse again and telling you, you have all that you need to start dreaming. Let's just re-read this verse. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you. Just think about that. A supernatural God, a creator of the universe, is feeling comfortable enough to live inside you in a natural body. A supernatural God wants to dwell in you, church. What more do you need to live out your dreams? We have everything we need because greater is he that is in us than he, than he that's in the rest of the world, church. We don't need to be afraid to take the plunge. But we need to take the plunge to get the reward, to start living the dream. The Lord has already given you everything that you need to accomplish your purpose in life. We need to trust him. We need to take that step of faith, church. True greatness consists of being great in the little things. Taking the step, taking the step, taking the step. Church, we need to take the step because he's dreaming about us. I want to end off with this final clip and then with the last verse. Just after that, I'm going to pray for you that we will become a company of people that trust God and live out our dreams, being impregnated with purpose, start taking the next steps and being courageous. Just check this last clip.
Here's the thing. If you're going to wait for the perfect time to live out your dream, you're never going to be right. Never going to be ready. Ecclesiastics 11.4 says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. It's not going to be easy to, to take the leap, church. There's going to be shark-infested waters. It's going to be freezing. It's going to be daunting. But if you don't take the plunge, if you don't take the step, church, if, if you're not willing to, to take the risk, how will you ever get to the fruit of the dream? How will you ever experience the poem that God is writing? And some of us is so scared and we, we're not sure if we have to do it. But sometimes we, we need to put the mic down, church, and just go for it. Because, see, sometimes there's stuff on the other side. It's waiting for us. It's not going to be easy, but, but I guess you're wondering what stuff. And I'm going to ask the James to come up so long. And I'm going to ask Jordan to open up this because my ears is closed now. Can't hear myself. But there's sometimes stuff that's waiting for us on the other side. Oh, there's another bag. Oh, look at this. I bet you wish you took the plunge now. Look at this. Lamingtons. Australian favorite. Oh my goodness, that's for jumping in the water. Ice cappuccino for the Brisbane heat. Oh, it's a koala. Caramel koalas. Oh my goodness. White chocolate Tim Tams. Shakes. How good is that? Oh, wait. There's a picnic bar. Do you know how good is a picnic bar? And then probably the ultimate best that I've discovered in this country so far is a caramel twill. Oh, it's good. I had to take the plunge, church. Sometimes... It's going to be shark infested. Sometimes it's not going to be easy. Sometimes we're going to drown and we're going to suffer. But God is writing a poem over your life. And I want to encourage you, stop living that dream in your head. And trust the one who's inside you to help you take the next step and keep you because church God is faithful and when we are faithful we get to see 
His faithfulness. Come on, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for who you are. Lord, I just want to pray tonight for every person here. God, you know their story. You know the dreams because you are the dream giver. You are the one holding the pen, writing the poem of their lives. And Lord, I pray that you take the paintbrush of the dream that you are writing. And may you take a brand new canvas and may you start painting that picture so that everyone here and everyone listening online will start seeing that picture so vividly that they will know what their next step is to take. And Lord, I want to pray for everyone who's maybe given up on their dreams. May you rekindle that fire inside of them and may they start living it out in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.